Monday, September the 14th, and this is your morning briefing from The Economist, sponsored by TD Ameritrade. Coming up, Oracle takes TikTok and America's West Coast burns. First, the world in brief. Oracle looks to have beaten Microsoft to the punch in its pursuit of TikTok's American operations. Reports indicate that ByteDance, the Chinese owner of the short video platform, has agreed to enter a technical partnership with the American software giant, falling short of a full sale. President Donald Trump insists that TikTok's American arm be divested, citing worries about national security. SoftBank, a Chinese conglomerate, agreed to sell arm holdings to NVIDIA, an American chip maker. The cash and stock takeover reportedly values the British chip designer whose microprocessors were in most smartphones at over $40 billion. Four years ago, SoftBank bought Arm for $32 billion. NVIDIA said its new acquisition would continue to be based in Cambridge. United Russia, the party of President Vladimir Putin, claimed sweeping victories in local elections. However, candidates endorsed by Alexei Navalny, Russia's leading opposition figure who was poisoned with a nerve agent last month, said they had prevailed in some Siberian seats. Accusations of widespread voting irregularity swelled. National elections are scheduled for next year. At least 100,000 people took to the streets in Belarus to protest against Alexander Lukashenko, who has ruled the country for 26 years. Mass demonstrations have become common after a blatantly rigged presidential election in August, as has police brutality. The authorities said they arrested some 250 people before yesterday's demonstrations. Tony Blair and John Major, former British Prime Ministers from the Labour and Conservative parties respectively, castigated the current government for embarrassing the UK with proposed Brexit legislation that would override parts of the withdrawal treaty struck with the European Union last year. The debate on the internal market bill proposed by Boris Johnson, Britain's serving Prime Minister, begins today. Wildfires burned up yet more of California, Oregon and Washington State, with more than 30 people reported dead and hundreds of thousands under evacuation orders. Smoke from the flames left Portland with the worst air quality in the world. The fires in California have burned 26 times more land since the start of 2020 than in the same period last year, an area roughly the size of New Jersey. And the World Health Organization reported over 307,000 new COVID-19 infections on Sunday, a daily record. It said around 5,500 people had died from the disease, taking the total to more than 917,000. India, Brazil and America remain the major hotspots. Israel, meanwhile, became the first country to reimpose a full lockdown. And now, here's today's agenda. Final stretch. America's House reconvenes. The House of Representatives convenes in Washington, D.C. today for its final three-week session before the elections in November. Top of the agenda for Nancy Pelosi, the Democratic leader and House Speaker, is passing another rescue package to offset the economic harms of COVID-19. The big provisions of the last raft of measures, including a $600 a week federal boost to unemployment benefits, expired on July 31st. Thus far, Democrats have remained wedded to passing a very large follow-up relief bill, including generous aid packages to states. Republicans have balked at the cost and sought to parcel out portions of aid in smaller bills. A skinny bill proposed by Republicans predictably failed to marshal enough support in the Senate last week. Vulnerable Democrats in swing districts worry that the foot-dragging on a new stimulus package is imperiling their odds of re-election. 
but gridlock looks likelier than a deal. Beyond Petroleum For real this time. BP today kicks off three days of presentations to describe its new strategy. In August, the giant oil and gas company announced it would start to ditch oil and gas. BP said that its hydrocarbon production would fall by 40% by 2030 and its low-carbon investments would rise tenfold. Other large oil companies have set targets for curbing emissions, but BP's shift is by far the most dramatic plan of any super major. In a sign of what may be to come, on September 10th it said it would work with Equinor, Norway's state-owned oil company, to develop offshore wind farms in America. But BP faces new rivals. As investors have fled oil and gas companies, they have rewarded European utilities such as Enel, Iberdrola and Orsted, which have become leaders in developing wind and solar in Europe and beyond. BP will this week try to convince investors that it can compete. After Abe, Japan's next Prime Minister Japan's ruling Liberal Democrat Party will elect a new president today, clearing the way for its successor to replace Abe Shinzo, who resigned as Prime Minister for health reasons last month. Mr Abe's Chief Cabinet Secretary, Yoshihide Suga, is poised to win, having secured the backing of the party's main factions. The son of a farmer from Japan's rural north, Mr Suga cuts a different figure from the establishment politicians like Mr Abe, the son of a foreign minister and grandson of a prime minister, who tend to dominate the LDP. Known for his mastery of bureaucracy, Mr Suga has tended to operate in the shadows. As a candidate, he has pledged to continue the Abe administration's policies. His support in public opinion polls has shot up as a result. His first big decision as party leader would be whether to call a general election in order to capitalise on this newfound popularity. Back to Squala. Italian classrooms reopen. Most of Italy's schools reopened this morning after a six-month closure because of COVID-19. As elsewhere, the process of getting students back to their classrooms has been riven with confusion and apprehension. Parents will be expected to check their children's temperatures before they leave home to prevent the virus spreading on school buses. Some 2.5 million one-seater school desks have been manufactured to ensure physical distancing. And the government is promising 11 million free surgical masks a day for staff and pupils. The centrist CISL Trade Union Federation said last week that a quarter of schools were still not ready to open. The biggest worry is that children will bring COVID-19 back to their families. After reaching a peak of more than 6,500 in March, daily infections in Italy fell to around 200 by July. But since mid-August, the figure has risen steadily to exceed 1,500, still lower than many other places in Europe, but troubling. Downgraded The EU-China Summit Had COVID-19 not struck, the leaders of the European Union's 27 countries were to be gathering today in Leipzig for a summit with Xi Jinping, China's president. The demotion of the event to a video call between Mr Xi and the heads of the EU institutions, along with Angela Merkel, the German Chancellor, is an apt reflection of the concurrent deterioration in EU-China ties. China's actions in Xinjiang and Hong Kong and the aggressive wolf warrior diplomacy of some of its European envoys are partly to blame. The EU now officially designates China as a systemic rival. But growing European frustrations at the restrictions their companies face in China will be at the heart of today's virtual meeting. 
China insists the differences can be ironed out and negotiations over a stalled bilateral investment treaty wrapped up by the end of the year. The Europeans already mulling actions against state-backed Chinese firms operating in the EU are markedly less optimistic. Finally, here's the quote of the day from Renzo Piano, who was born on this day in 1937. When a man is not satisfied with a house where he lives, he becomes an architect. That's it from The Economist Morning Briefing, available every weekday and on Saturdays. You can hear interviews and analysis from our journalists, including our current affairs podcast, The Intelligence, by searching for The Economist on your podcast app or asking your smart speaker to play the latest Economist radio podcast. And as a subscriber, you have access to each week's full edition in audio. Just download The Economist app on your mobile device to start listening. Thank you.